This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time for another episode of The Drop Podcast. The Drop is an unbiased, in-depth hockey podcast dedicated to the St. Louis Blues and all the hot topics within the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You are headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance DeScott. It's great to be back for another episode of The Drop Podcast. I am your host, Lance Descott. The Blues, two-game winning streak. They're looking to fight hard these last 13 games, including this Avalanche game. They want to be able to win about eight games to have a chance of getting in the playoffs. They know what they need to do. There's not a lot of hockey left, and they needed to come out in this game against the Avalanche and really play well. Well, they really did play well. They played awesome. But before we get into the highlights of the game, I want to remind everybody at the end of the highlights and the post-game interviews, we're going to be doing our new segment called Ask the Drop, where you as a listener can send questions into me via email. The email is lanced at droppodcast.com or the official drop at gmail.com. Send your questions. I don't care if it's about the blues, if it's about another team, I'll do my best to give you my thoughts on the question you send in. So let's get right into the highlights of this game. The blues knew what they needed to do. They needed to come out strong. They needed to put pressure on the Avalanche and Varlamov, and they did. Braden Shin would get a great opportunity just a little over three minutes into this first period. Now Petrangelo on for Schwartz. Hard dumping. Varlamov can't knock it down. This is Tarasenko in front. Shadow, what a save by Varlamov. His best save so far. The Blues put a lot of pressure on Varlamov in the first period. They got 13 shots, and a lot of them were quality shots, but they were unable to put anything past him. On the other hand, the Avalanche had eight shots, but they got two past Jake Allen. Both of those would be, by in my mind, the top player on the Avalanche team and Nathan McKinnon. Angles into the Amazon, immediately smashed back through center. McKinnon fights off the check. Landeskog to uh, McKinnon, he's in, shot, score! Nathan McKinnon rips the shot by Allen, and he has just scored his 34th goal of the season, 10 games in a row with at least a point, and Nathan McKinnon leading the charge again here tonight. It is, it's, it's unbelievable. It really is. When he, I mean, he gets so calm. I've enjoyed kind of trying to figure out where he's going to shoot, and I got no clue. For example, last game against Dubnik, I had no idea he was going to go right on the ice between the five hole. I thought he was going far side top shelf, maybe short side top shelf. There, I'm thinking, is he going to pull that that short side? No, he goes right along the ice. Far Behind side. the net. Being chased by Petrangelo, skates back up to the blue line, slips the backhand pass to Barry. He shoots a float shot, score! McKinnon, his second of the game. And the Avalanche lead 2-0 on two Nathan McKinnon goals. Barry will keep his point streak alive. And if you want to look at his season in a nutshell, the puck is just bouncing in the right spot for him, Peter. Right, when you're hot, you're hot. I mean, this puck could have gone anywhere. Right. And where does it drop? Right on the stick of McKinnon coming into the zone. Barry gets it on net. There's a little deflection. I'm not sure who did it in front, but it comes just drops right down. 
two very bad goals for the Blues to give up, and I'm not going to blame Jake Allen on either one of those. I know there's a lot of people that have, but you have to have watched the game and know that those are not Jake Allen's fault. The first goal by McKinnon is 34th. Rantanen gets an assist is 48th. Landeskog gets his 28th. And again, their top players coming through for them, which is what a team needs to be able to fight for that playoff position. And as I said, I don't blame Jake Allen. Colton Pareko blocked his view, and he couldn't see it. And by the time he seen it, couldn't adjust to it, and it was past him. The second McKinnon goal, it goes off of a player and bounces right to Jake Allen. He makes a great save on it, but it's right over to McKinnon, and nobody's watching him. Nobody's within four or five feet of him, and he puts it into an empty net. I don't put those off on Jake Allen. I don't. So going out of the first period, the Blues are down two to nothing. But in my mind, they outplayed the Avalanche. They totally outplayed them, and the shots would show it. 13 to 8. The Blues had many more good opportunities, but nothing good is happening for them. Going into the second period, this team needs to get a goal. And I know that Vilarmov is playing just lights out, but they need to get something past him. Nine minutes and 15 seconds in, the Blues did get a goal. And it was great to see Joel Edmondson returning from that injury, getting back in the score column with his seventh goal at nine minutes, 15 seconds in to get the Blues back in this game at two to one. First man in is Yashkin. Trying to get free, back on the line. Pareko for Edmondson. He scores! Joel Edmondson! And it's two to one! Missing 13 games, he's... Jumped in here brilliantly. And this one here, after the pass from Pareko, he buys some time. Boy, does he get a lot on this wrister. Did it dip a little bit? Did it nibble off something? I'm not sure. It didn't look like that puck changed at all. It didn't flutter whatsoever. A huge goal by Joel Edmondson. Just huge, and it couldn't happen to a better guy. He has such big heart. Plays hard every night. Sad to see him miss those 13 games. And it did affect the Blues. Edmondson gets his seventh goal. Pareko gets his 27th assist. Yashkin gets his 11th assist. It's 2-1 to one Blues. They would continue to put pressure on Varlamov. It just wouldn't pay off. Turns back down the board. Makes the pass. Tip back to the point. Petrangelo shot. Save. Rebound. Another brilliant pad save by Varlamov. How did he flash that right leg out? Besides the pressure, they were missing a lot of nets. A lot of shots. Tarasenko missed the net, I bet you, eight to ten times last night when he had a good view of the net. Just a terrible game for him missing the net. I know he got some good quality chances that he did put on net, but man, he missed a lot. If he could have just got one of those in, this would have been a totally different game. And just a little over seven minutes later, Miko Rantanen gets his first goal of the game at 16:29 in to give the Avalanche a 3-1 to one lead. Berglund chased down by Landeskog. He just simply wanted it more than Berglund did. What a pass to Ranton, and he cuts in, back in, and oh. scores! Beautiful, soft touch by Ranton and beating Allen, but what a play from Landeskog. He hustled so hard defensively and made a fabulous pass, and then just that soft, nice feather finish. There's a play down there where Landeskog comes in. It's blocked. It's going the other way. And he chased it all the way down, takes it off Berglund, cuts in front, and sees Rantanen at the far end. And, and he just threw it up and over. I can't even begin to tell you the hockey skill it takes to be able to make that kind of shot. 
Great pass by Landis Cook. It was a great pass by Landis Cook. I'm sorry, Blues fans, it was. And it was hard work by Landis Cook and a lack of acting like he's in the game from Patrick Berglund. Just another bad game from Berglund. And everybody was telling me last night, oh, Bergie had a great game. He had four shots on goal. You don't judge a guy only by how many shots on goal he has. That was just a lazy-ass play by Patrick Berglund. A terrible, terrible play. And we're going to get into Berglund later. That's one of the questions someone asked me. That goal would be Miko Rantanen's 24th. And again, Landeskog on that great play to get that puck away from Patrick Berglund. Makes a perfect pass to Rantanen and puts it past Jake Allen. 16 minutes, 29 seconds into the second period. And the Blues just don't know what to do from here. And the third period, Rantanen would add a late empty net goal. Be his 25th. Landeskog gets his 30th assist. McKinnon. Gets an assist after his two goals, 19 minutes, 18 seconds in. And the Avalanche win this game 4-1. to one. Let's go ahead and go over the stats of the game. The Avalanche only had 23 shots on goal. But when you screen your goaltender, and you're not there to move a guy out of the front of the net on the second goal, and then your third goal, you allow a guy to take the puck away from you. The big-time stars for the Avalanche showed up last night. And for the Blues, they just weren't able to put the puck in the net. Not saying it's all their fault. Varlamov played an excellent game. The Blues pressured him terribly. The Blues had 45 shots on goal. Faceoffs 48% for the Avalanche, 52 for the Blues. Power plays, the Blues were 0 for 1. The Avalanche were 0 for 2. Hits, 19 for the Avalanche, 29 for the Blues. That is one thing that stood out. The Blues, in my mind, played a much more physical game. Blocks, 15 for the Avalanche, 13 for the Blues. Giveaways, pretty even, 3 for the Blues and two for the Avalanche. Let's go ahead and get into the post-game interviews where we're going to hear from Jake Allen, Joel Edmondson, and of course Coach Mike on this disappointing loss. The Blues played a pretty good game, but the mistakes killed them. And don't forget to stay tuned after that for my input on this game and also the segment Ask the Drop. It's a tough way to go you know, against a team that's, uh, you know, really their one line's been firing at all cylinders and they, that line beat us tonight, really. To lose a game like this when you it looked like you guys outplayed them, how frustrating is it to play so well and just not get that goal? I think it's more frustrating for the guys up front and you know uh, they're the one doing all the work and putting the pucks to the net and taking the beating in front of the net and um, it's been uh, it's been a weird year for goal scoring. Uh, obviously, we all know it's it's been tough, but uh, the guys it's tough on the guys too. You know they they're they're trying and. They're used to, used to pucks going in at will, and uh, right now they're not. And it's, uh, I thought we did, a, we did a good job throwing pucks there. Just not, they're not finding the way in right now. It's, it's, it's tough. Jake, I know you don't like to dissect goals, but it's hard for us to see what you saw on that second one. It gets obviously deflected. On yeah, the it end. dropped like three or four feet. And just I didn't really get a good glimpse of it until the end, and I just tried to put a glove on it. And it, it was a knuckler, and it just hit my body weird. Obviously, McKinnon was wide open there. What led to the breakdown on the third goal that allowed Ratton to walk in alone? I couldn't tell you. I don't watch replays. I'll have to watch them again. What was it like from your vantage point to see how much pressure the Blues had on the offensive end just couldn't put it away, though? Yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was coming, it was coming. We had our chances in the second. We had our chances in the third. It's just uh, the 4 by 6 is, you know, the, the road trip the last couple of games, it was, it was nice Got some monkeys off some backs. And, um, yeah, it's tough to come back here and, and get stonewalled again. Varlamov played well, but uh, we had our chances. It's just we need to we need to find ways to get points right now. 
Check it out, Sarah. Cinco misses that, like that. Do you, is that one of those where you, you say, this isn't our night? No, I don't think you can say that. Those things happen. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're Wayne Gretzky or Vladimir Tarasenko. You know, there's going to be times when it just either the puck rolls on you or it slides off the end of your stick and there's a wide open net. It's happened to everyone. And, you know, it's just one of those games that, um, you know, we still had our chances. I thought we were, we were right there, you know. We were in a good spot. We were confident going into the third period in here and just couldn't get it done. Yeah, uh, that was our game plan. Um, just fire as many shots as we can. And, you know, so we got 45 shots and probably missed the net 10 or 15 times. So we were shooting everything and uh, just ran into a hot goalie. Does that kind of sum up some of these games for you guys, the way they've gone this year, where you're just missing that, missing that final final execution there? Yeah, for sure. You know, I thought we played a good game. We came out kind of slow and they, they kind of got a couple quick ones, but I thought we responded well. And, um, you know, these ones are hard to swallow. Just, you know, I thought we played well and we did everything, did everything we could. The forwards got to the net and, you know, us defensemen were just trying to get it on net. And, you know, sometimes you run into a hot goalie, but at the same time, we, we got to bear down and score more. Shots. Obviously, you don't want to put them in the belly. I mean, you're trying to pick corners and stuff. I mean, when you see a high number, what do you think? Um, I mean, yeah, it's a big goalie back there, so you, you got to pick corners. So um, there's not much room to shoot, so you, you do have to pick. But um, at the same time, sometimes if you just put it on net, there's going to be a rebound or something like that. So, um, like I said, it's tough to swallow. But um, we also got 45 shots where we could have scored. So um, I think we just got to be, you know, greasy around the net. Was that what you were trying to do, basically, on, on the one you put in? You saw all that traffic and just... I wasn't trying to score. I was just trying to get it there for a rebound or a tip. And, um, you know, so we did a good job of getting to the net. And, you know, it made it hard for him to see. Uh, moment for you after you know, all you've gone through? Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure if I got it or not. But, um, yeah, I was just doing everything I could to get it on net. And, um, you know, it's icing on the cake. Uh, it's nice to return and help the boys out. But, um, yeah, I wasn't trying to score there. I was just trying to get it on net, and but it felt feels good. Was that third goal really hard to see that one go in? Considering it, it seemed like you guys had the momentum, and you almost got the sense, even the crowd behind you, you felt like that two-two goal was coming. Yeah, uh, that was that was a tough one to give up, but I thought we responded well after that. We still had our chances after that. Um, it's just a tough line change, and you know we can't be turning fox over. I still thought that we had plenty of time to come back in the game, and uh, you know. I'd, <clears throat> From a coaching standpoint, I think you have to appreciate that we continue to push and continue to uh, find a way to get to the offensive zone, generate chances. It didn't go in, unfortunately, but uh, but still, uh, you know, I would say looking at this game, that we've continued where we were, playing some good hockey, generating chances, um, controlling the play. Um, if we continue to do that and find a way to get a little bit better in a few little areas, then then we'll get a lot of wins. Well, yeah, no, I mean, listen, Vladdy's going to be harder on himself than, than everybody. So um, I would, those things happen. That's part of the hockey game. We had other opportunities, and uh, obviously Vladdy knows better than anybody else. He, he gets paid to score goals. But, you know, I would say that he generated um, and was involved in more scoring chances tonight than he's been in, in a long time. So I think, and again, as coaches, what we try to do is, um, you know, are, are we gonna are we gonna be disappointed in him because he didn't finish that play? I think we have to look at it if he continues to play like that from now till the end of the year, um, that he'll get rewarded. Mike, did you just get the sense when it's two to one? It seemed like you had all the momentum going, and then that third goal was kind of a backbreaker. Well, I, 
you know, it didn't need to be a backbreaker, but obviously it's a big moment in the game. I think that we did have all the momentum at that time. Um, and, uh, and, you know, that's what, that's what that team does. They're, they're opportunistic, they're skilled. They find, um, you know, they find a way to take advantage of mistakes, whether it's with the puck or without the puck. And, uh, and obviously in that situation, uh, you know, we're pressing. And I think sometimes when you're pressing, uh, you lose sight of a couple of little important things that could cost you. And, and uh, that was a good example of that. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I, I would say that where the puck was, we lost the puck in the offensive zone, but um, I would say we have to change better than that. You know, we, we, whether in the second period, one thing you have to be prepared to do is change one defenseman at a time. And and uh, and so I, I, I'm going to have to take a look at the overhead. I don't know if we came off the ice hard enough. I don't know if we got on the ice hard enough, if we, if we should have had one guy hold. Uh, but obviously, you know, you, you want to be able to hang on the puck in the offensive zone. But that's obviously the, the, the opportune time for tired defensemen to get off the ice. Off the top of your head, the first two goals, the two Yeah, I think we could have been a little bit harder on the first puck battle into the offensive zone and just uh, sorted it out a little bit better. You know, we kind of had three guys fishing around on the one puck, and and uh, you know, I, the way I saw it, I thought Thorbs was 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 on the one-on-one, -on -one, and I think that we probably could have just been a little bit more alert on, on uh, you know, where, where other people were. But that's, again, we're talking about, you know, I, I think a guy like Nathan McKinnon is going to find a way to get a couple shots like that in the game. Um, and then the second one, I just think that we weren't as aggressive in our defensive zone coverage, allowed them to get on the move a little bit. Um, then, obviously, there's a rebound there, and they find a way to get on the puck. Like 82 shot attempts, 22 missing that. Is that just yeah, well, I think he, I think in the second period for sure that was a that was a big that was a big part of it. Um, the, some of the rush opportunities that we we're getting, grade A, golden opportunities where we're missing the net, and you know obviously you're missing the opportunity to score on that play. But you look at the, some of the opportunities and chances that we generated um, from second chances from shots, and so you're missing that opportunity as well. I, I think that when we shot the puck tonight, it turned into something good. When it hit the net, and uh, and when it didn't, then then you just continue to change. I still feel confident. Yeah, I you know I, I think that they're we're showing that we've got fight in our room right now, and and uh, and obviously this is a disappointing one. Uh, I think that you know whether you look at the shot attempts, whether you look at some of the play, um, you could see that guys care, um, and uh, and I know you don't get points for that, but what it does it gives me confidence that. Uh, that, that this is a group that's going to be ready to respond. It seemed like your pace was similar to LA and Anaheim. I mean, you were, you were going north, you were generating chances. Yeah, I think, I think again, there was a lot of good things, but um, but we got to find a way to win these hockey games right now. Um, you know, again, I really do believe that if, if we play a similar type game uh, in a couple of days, then then we'll like the result, and that's what, that's what our focus has to be. Hey, the Blues played very good, but there were mistakes, and that's what cost them. It wasn't their physical game that cost them. They played a very physical game, and they put a lot of pressure on Varlamov. They really did. But they missed the net a lot, and the mistakes cost him. Berglund's mistake of being lazy, and I'm sorry, he was lazy on that play. No excuses. No excuses at all for that. This is professional hockey. This isn't high school hockey, Patrick. It's not. You've not played good all season. You just haven't. And then Colton Pareko blocking the view of Jake Allen. And then allowing McKinnon to come in and basically be open on a rebound. Yeah, Jake may have been able to corral that rebound in. You've also got to rely on your defense. And the Blues weren't there at times. 
the mistakes just killed him. Offensively great, physicality great, but the mistakes killed him. Without the mistakes, Chick Allen may have won this game one to nothing. Not the way you want to win, but he could have very easily won this game one to nothing on that goal by Joel Edmondson. However, with the mistakes, the Blues played a great game other than that. If they play this way the rest of the season in their 12 games, they've got a good chance of making the playoffs. Can they sustain it? I'm not sure. And for anybody to say yes, they can, they're not really thinking properly. It's hard to sustain 12 games playing like that. I hope they do, and I hope they get into the playoffs. They got the game against the Rangers tomorrow night, and that's where it needs to start. They need to forget about this game and play the same way they did. If they do, they're most likely going to beat the Rangers. If they don't and they fall back on the way they've been up and down, they're not going to beat the Rangers and most likely at that point probably be out of the playoffs because right now they are five points out of a playoff spot. If they lose to the Rangers, they could be seven points out of a playoff spot. And I'm sorry, Blues fans, that's almost impossible to come back from with 11 games left after the Rangers game. Almost impossible. Chance of them making the playoffs if they lose against the Rangers, probably about 9 to 12%, somewhere in there. So let's hope they can come back and have another strong game and put pressure on the Rangers in the Blues offensive zone and play a strong defensive game and cut down on the mistakes. They'll win games, guys. They will if they do that. But they've got to cut down on the mistakes. That's the key in the next few games. Not their play. It's the mistakes. So let's head to the next segment of this game, and that's Ask the Drop. And one of those questions that I got this week was about Patrick Berglund, but we'll get back to that later. I got a question from John in Chicago, a lone Blues fan in the Blackhawks territory. So John, I just had to go ahead and take your question. The question's about Robbie Fabry. What do the Blues do with him with him being a restricted free agent at the end of the year? Well, here's what I would do. There are people saying that, hey, let's sign this guy to two, three, four years at a minimum and see where it goes. If you, you know, if you sign him at a minimum, then you're not really losing a lot over four years. No, I don't do that. I give this guy one year. One year at a league minimum that's probably going to be somewhere between seven twenty-five to about $800,000. I don't give him a million bucks. I just don't. He's had two knee injuries. Do you love the guy? Yeah, you got to love the guy. Max effort guy, night in and night out, just keeps giving and giving and giving. Was fast, and regardless of what a lot of people think, he's not going to be as fast. Maybe he'll come back and be still fast after maybe a year back, but you cannot expect him to be the same player the first year back. And Blues fans that think he is are sadly mistaken. Your knees are a lot of what you do in this game. You push off when you go in and hit somebody, when you have that burst to speed. Ask Bobby Orr, one of the greatest defensemen of all time. If he wouldn't have had knee issues, he probably would have played another six, seven, eight years but shorten his career due to knee issues. And when you have a guy that's offensively minded like Robbie Fabry as a winger, it's just as important to have that knee to get that burst of speed, to be able to catch up to guys, to make a somewhat physical play, which Robbie Fabry can be physical. He's not going to be the same player. If I'm the Blues, I offer him a one-year contract, league minimum, maybe a little bit more. If they go in and give this guy a two, three, four-year contract, then Doug Armstrong's an idiot. That doesn't bode well for their future. You've got to make sure he can prove himself. If he proves himself this year, gives you 15, 20 goals, then sign him. By all means, sign him to a three, four-year contract. But that knee has got to hold up, and it's got to hold up well, 
and he's got to do well. So thank you so much for that question. Let's get to the next one. This next question is from Jack, says he lives on Long Island. So this question is about the three players that I've been really on for most of the year, and a lot of Blues fans have been. Not just me, a lot of Blues fans have been on them, and there's a reason why. And that is, here's the question. Why are you so negative, and why do you rip on number 20, 21, and 71 all the time? You don't ever give these guys a break. Well, I'm sorry I do give them a break when they play well. When they play well, I praise them. But for most of the year, they have not been consistent, and the worst culprit is Patrick Berglund. Second culprit is Vladimir Sabotka. Third is Steen. Steen's not worth his contract, but I'll get into that in a minute. Berglund has just looked lost on the ice this year. Totally lost after coming back from the injury. Doesn't look like the same guy. Doesn't look like he gives a crap about the game. That is why I've been on to him. When he's had a good game, I have said he's had a good game. But that's so rare this year for him. Another bad contract by Doug Armstrong that they need to move on from, and they're going to be unable to do so unless they find some stupid team to take him in an add-on trade to take salary off the Blues cap this offseason or during the draft day. That's the only way they're going to get rid of him. Sabotka, I said it time and time again, signing this guy to a long-term deal and giving him the money they did was just stupid. Another bad contract by Armstrong. Just terrible. If he was this good, Doug, why didn't other teams offer you to buy out his contract? to make him their property for when he decided to come back from the KHL. The reason is, Mr. Armstrong, is that he's not a good player. He's not the same player he was before. And in my mind, he was just a spark type of guy to come off the bench and be on that fourth line to give them some energy and spark. But Blues fans all around act like this guy was just the missing piece the Blues needed to make a Stanley Cup push. No, he's not. When he's played well, I have also praised him. But just like Berglund, that is few and far between. Now the next player, Alex Steen. A lot of people love him. I like Alex Steen. But he's not the two-way player he was two or three years ago. He's just not. And if anybody says he is, you're wrong. He doesn't deserve the position of assistant captain because a captain and assistant captain should be able to play consistently. And he doesn't. When he shows up and plays his two-way game, great. It's awesome. And again, I've praised him when he does. He's not the player he was, and it's not his fault. He's older. He's an older player. And when you get to be older, you get to be inconsistent a lot because you don't have the speed and you don't have the stamina to be there night in and night out, and that's Alex Steen. I don't dislike Alex Steen as much as I dislike the other two players because Alex Steen does give you effort in games, but he does not have a great game or a good game more than one out of every three games. But he can't help it. Patrick Berglund's a lot younger. He can help it. It's his attitude and the way he plays the game like he doesn't care. So is the same way. He acts like he doesn't care most games. Some games he's there. Some games he's physical, which the Blues need him to be. Even though he's small, they need him to be feisty like that. They don't need a ton of goals from him. He's just not that player. And when he doesn't give them any of that, plus he doesn't give them a spark and be feisty, he's useless. I want to thank you guys for your questions. Keep them coming. I'll keep doing two or three per episode. I want to know what you guys think. Again, send me your emails. Send them to LanceD at droppodcast.com or the official drop at gmail.com or on Twitter at official the drop. 
So the Blues will be playing the Rangers tomorrow night. Let's hope they'll have another max effort like they did in this game and cut down on the mistakes. And it should lead to a Blues win and hopefully a step further into getting into the playoffs. Until next time, thanks for joining me. I've been your host, Les Descott. Stay healthy, stay happy, and cut down on the mistakes, Blues. This has been the Drop Podcast. Don't forget to visit our website, www.droppodcast.com, where you can subscribe to our show and download current and past episodes from iTunes, Stitcher.com, and Google Play. You can follow The Drop on Twitter at OfficialTheDrop. For more information about lineupmedia.fm or The Drop Podcast, email us at info at lineupmediagroup.com, theofficialdrop at gmail.com, or lansd at droppodcast.com. Until next time, let's go blues. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.